Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Adam and Jack. I am joined by, of course, my co-star, Adam Balaki. Stars are in the house. And we also, and we also have a special guest on tonight, Miles Lawler. Would you like to do a little introduction for yourself? Let the people know. Let the listeners know who you are. Right. So I'm a 29-year-old balding man. Um, <laughs> I stand about five um, on a good day. I uh, stand about five seven, so yeah, man, huge, huge fan of you guys. Obviously, you're my boys, uh, but uh, I've been listening to y'all since day one, and it was it was truly an honor to get asked to get uh, to partake in this in this podcast. So thanks for letting me be here, and I'm excited to do this, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, go, go ahead and tell everybody uh, who's your teams, who do you like, who do you follow. All right, yeah, so. Uh, Great question. Get the worst one out of the way first. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're actually playing right over there right now. It's I got to go with my boys, Cowboys, man. First and foremost, uh, what a year! Oh my gosh, what a year! What a what a crazy almost thirty years it's been for us. So um, then I got to go with my Aggies, dude. Texas A and M Aggies. Uh, that's really and of course, dude. I just get nothing but hate for this. Is, is the uh, the Astros? Yeah. Uh, I know, I know. I really don't have any good teams for you guys. Uh, it's all the really the most hated teams I could pick. These aren't really hated. The Astros weren't hated until a few years ago. And yeah, that's unfortunate. The Cowgirls are always hated. You know how it goes. With them. I know, man. Hey, I know. <laughs> so, Mister, today it's a long time coming. Happy to have your uh, sports prowess and uh, get to see that face on this screen, hear that voice for once. Hey, well, I, I just hope to be close to you guys in knowledge. I, I, no, 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 don't you worry. guys know a lot, man. Y'all know a lot of stuff, so. No, don't, don't, don't hype us up, man. Just, we'll, we'll, you'll be fine, man. I'll be the hype man, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we got a couple topics that we pick, uh, pre-picked out today. We have a few questions here. Um, going to give our thoughts on it and everything. Nothing too crazy. I'll uh, start it off here. Uh, Miles, swing it your way. Since you're, yeah. a new, you're a new guy in town, you know, let you spark this week off with this one. What do you think is the most unbreakable record in sports? Oh, man. Hey, when you told me this, uh, this was going to be a topic uh, Friday night, I got to say, you heard me when I – you heard what I said. Uh, immediately it came to my mind. Uh, but I had to do some research. I had I, had, I couldn't I couldn't just say that without some type of, of factual knowledge or if there was something better in my opinion. And, man, looking online – there's so many good records out there that there's a lot out there. Oh my gosh. That this, this was really a hard choice. And, and it's like, there's um, both good records and bad records. Like, you know, that's, that's the, the best part about this question. And I was looking at, uh, there were a couple that were really standing out to me. Uh, but I had to go, man, the man of steel himself. Oh, Ricky Henderson, man. The yep. stolen base record. The all time leading stealer. I mean, it really, when you look at the numbers, 130 stolen bases in a season, it just doesn't really make sense, uh, that number. He played 149 games, and he, he stole 130 bases. That really doesn't make any it's sense. It's not even like stealing the bases, too. Like, you have to get on base in order to steal the base as well. Was, was, was there a record, or no, was there a rule uh, back in the day whenever Ricky Henderson played that catchers were not allowed to try to throw out? base runners was that a rule that was set back then 
Hey, look, man. Hey, looking at the numbers, you would think so because you had a couple. You had a couple that were like really good base runners. St. Louis had some really good base runners. Uh, uh, fantastic, really good base runners. But when Ricky really hit the hit the pavement, man, he was it was crazy how fast uh, his numbers shot up. And he was he played in the league for like twenty five years. Uh, and he bounced. I didn't actually know this. He bounced around to a lot of teams. He played for your Yankees. Billy, he's Oakland, I believe. Yeah, but he, he's obviously well known for his Oakland A contributions. But man, I have some numbers here if you guys want to hear it. Like yeah, it's crazy. All right, so Lou Brock, man, rest in peace, Lou Brock, man. We lost an icon this year. Uh, St. Louis did. He's next up. I just want to hear what y'all think. His next up, what his numbers are. Okay. What What do you think his the next runner up? So, okay, so how many Ricky Henderson have? For career, yeah. he has 1,406. Okay. Lou Brock, I'm going to say he's in the 600s. Sir, you'd, you'd be pretty far off. He actually did really good. Okay. He's really close to 1,000. He got 938. Oh, no. That's the next up. Wow. Which, hey, 938 is, my God, that's nothing to, to yeah. scoff at right there. That's he's impressive. No he's no slouch. No. No, I don't think I've ever ran like 938 sprints in my life. Dude, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's second place, my man. And then, dude, there's 468 stolen bases between first and second. Like, that's the difference between Ricky Henderson and the rest. Uh, and I get it. He played 25 years. You're going to get those numbers high. But, yo, he was stealing bases. And when he was 40, he got the American League stolen base uh trophy dude like in when he was 40 he was just something special man and look there's a lot of records on there that i think probably won't be beaten at least in our lifetime uh and records are meant to be broken but this is one where i just dude even in video games yeah. i can't get close to the Fair number like Miles yeah. MLB the show. yo even pharaoh my god he's a demon he's a demon <laughs> and he just can't get close it just it can't happen uh so that's why i gotta go with him man uh i gotta go with ricky henderson on that to be honest that's that's a solid choice that's a solid choice mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think that one's ever going to be broken just because the game is so much different now catchers have such stronger arms they, they pop up a lot quicker pitchers throw fat throw harder throw faster than what they did in the 80s and 90s uh i don't think anybody's ever going to break that record people may come close but we haven't seen anybody steal bases like Ricky Henderson. Jack, what's your thoughts on that one? On the Ricky Henderson? Yeah, what's your thoughts on that? No, like I said before, I mean, I just think there was a rule set where catchers weren't allowed to throw out base runners in all 25 years that Ricky Henderson did that. But, you know, Miles brought up a good point saying how, you know, 25 years, you're going to hit those numbers. But it's not just – if I did that for 25 years, if I played professional baseball for 25 years, there's no way I could hold a record anything like that, whether it's stolen bases and I can be super-duper talented – if you think about it, Ricky Henderson had to do this at a high competitive level for all 25 of those years, even as his age and his, uh, not necessarily his talent, but his skill is just going down, but he's still able to produce these numbers to where he can get that record. I mean, it's just insane. And like what Miles said, you know, there's a, about a 600 stolen base difference between first and second. That's outrageous. That's crazy. It doesn't Absolutely make sense. outrageous. Yeah. So, Jack, what do you think is the most unbreakable record in sports? 
I mean, I did the same thing as Miles. I had to look it up because I knew of some records just didn't have the exact stats. Um, you know, like you said, there's good and there's bad records. Obviously, the number one bad record that popped up was Brett Favre's career interceptions. Um, but everybody knows that. The one that I really honestly did not know of was Wilt Chamberlain's 50.4 points per game in one season. That was the 1962 season. Boy, that's and, that's high. Right. And obviously, Will Chamberlain played in an era where, let's be honest, the talent was just not there all around in the NBA like how it is today. And that's that's not Will's fault. I mean, that, he was just a specimen of a man back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but f- 50.4 points. Imagine hitting 50 points in a game. And not only just doing it in a game, you're doing it all season long. More than- We're talking about Russell Westbrook's Right. We're talking about Russell Westbrook's triple doubles uh, average throughout these past few years. I, I just can't see anybody ever breaking this. And then and a fun fact that I also learned about this is that Westbrook didn't even, or not Westbrook, uh, Chamberlain didn't even win MVP that year. Who won it? Bill Russell. Yeah, of course he did. The Celtics. Oh yeah. God. Yeah, I think that that's another uh, debate. You know, that, that's a debate that I can't really put knowledge on because that's a long time ago. That's way before I was a twinkle in my parents' eye. I can't even talk on that one. Well, I was actually in my past life. I got to watch Will Chamberlain okay. and Bill Russell play, so I was an old guy. Oh, that's cool. And then, unfortunately, I passed away in a house fire, and then here I am reborn. I I remember what it was like, but I mean, just just to think about that. Averaging that many points, I could not see anybody averaging that amount of points in today's game, obviously, but that's just one I can never see being broken. Mm-hmm. I could see some sort of stud coming in into the MLB over the years because the MLB just produces so much talent. And to where their only part of the game is stealing bases, getting on, being able to be a leadoff man, get on base, have a really good on base percentage, and being able to steal bases. I just can't see anybody in today's NBA going out there and averaging 50.4 points in one season. That's outrageous. No, I definitely agree. Uh, I don't th- I don't think anybody can do that because basketball, I would say, is the most competitive sport in America. You know, everyone kind of grows up at least with some form of basketball talent, you know, but everyone – that's like the backyard game. You know, everyone has a basketball hoop growing up. Not everyone, but most people have a basketball hoop growing up. You can go to the – every park has basketball hoops. You know, it, it's such a competitive sport. I don't think anybody can average anywhere near 50. James Harden has been the closest, like, in our lifetime. He's averaged 34 last year, and that's still 16 points off from – well, no, he, he had he averaged 54, right? So that's 20 points off from averaging that. You know, that's crazy. It's, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So my, my most unbreakable record in sports – let me break it down for you here. Let me let me paint the picture. Year's 1916. Paint it. Paint it. Oh, my God. You're the Georgia Tech football team. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you're, you're, you're feeling hot, feeling dangerous. You step out onto that field, and you put a beat down on Cumberland College. Who? <laughs> to nothing. Cumberland College. I don't even think they exist anymore. Oh, Cumberland, yeah. <laughs> 222 to nothing. There is some extenuating fact factors um that play into this game and i'll, I'll break them down for you I'll, I'll get there so they edged this one out they just squeaked by the skin of their teeth 20, 222 to nothing you know it's close, Damn. Uh, close first game. quarter they were up 63 to nothing second quarter 126 to nothing third quarter 180 to nothing 
and then fourth quarter, two hundred and twenty-two to nothing. Um, there's a little was, What's that? was there a was there a time limit with these quarters? Like was was fifteen minutes per quarter a thing back then in nineteen sixteen? I I don't even think they had. They probably mercy ruled them. They're like, fuck it, let's keep playing. <laughs> Georgia Tech's triple option was definitely uh, in a big I'm effect glad, back I'm then. Glad you said that. Let, wait on that for a second. So a little known fact about this game, John Heisman was actually the coach of Georgia Tech. We all know who John Heisman is, famous mm-hmm. Heisman pose, made famous by Desmond Howard, Michigan Wolverines, go blue. Right? <laughs> Cumberland, here's the extenuating factors. Cumberland shut down its football program earlier that spring. So they had no team for the whole spring, whole summer, and into the fall. Georgia Tech refused to let them take them off the schedule. So Cumberland had to throw together yeah. a team of scratch and then put this product on the field to go ahead and get, you know, close game, 222 nothing. You know, they almost won, but they had to put this product on the field. It's a pretty fucked up situation. So Georgia Tech ran 29 offensive plays, just 29 offensive plays for uh, all runs. That's why I said probably triple option, like you were saying, for 501 mm-hmm. yards. All runs, 29 plays, 501 yards. They scored 32 touchdowns, and their defense – Played a decent game that caused 15 turnovers. 15? 15 turnovers. 15 turnovers. So I'm guessing Cumberland's football program was immediately dropped after this I game. Would, I would hope so. And if they weren't dropped, I mean, shit. There's there's a foul on, the, on that college's part. Right. Drop them. So uh, next question here. Next question. Mm. This is a big one. This is a, this is a question that people have been debating about for years. It's kind of a controversial topic, some would say. But should college athletes be paid? Who wants to Who are we going with? Who, who's starting this bad boy off? Go ahead, Miles. Go ahead, Miles. All right. I got some numbers here. Give me, give me, give me a second. Right, let's hear. Them. All right. Yo. So what? Yeah. This is a, this is a topic, dude. Where. Man, I couldn't be more split 50-50 in understanding both sides of the argument. Uh, and that's that's just me being honest. Would I love to see college players get paid? Absolutely. I think that would be kind of, I think that would be kind of neat. Uh, maybe just seeing how that would work, maybe do like a test period for a couple for like four years from freshman to senior year, see how everything goes. But I know for a fact it's gonna get real political real fast. Let's just let's just go over some just Let's just go over some numbers real quick, okay? I got them right here. Okay. Uh, so let's take the 2016-2017 academic year, for example. Uh, sp- sports in general raked in about $1 billion re- total revenue, okay? Uh, and that's just in the top 50 uh, Power 5 schools. That's just in the top 50 Power 5 schools. That That's pretty high. Um you know, it doesn't even really come close when it comes to football and other sports. Okay. Was you asked college athletes, not just football, right? So like your rowing team's gotta get paid. Yeah. Your your badminton team's gotta get paid. Everybody. Your everyone's gotta get paid. But clearly your Trevor Lawrence's of the game, I mean, they're gonna be that's prime time, baby. That's that's where all the eyes are focused on that. They're not looking, they're not tuning in on ESPN watching the rowing team at Harvard take the cup or whatever they, they get. That's my you see team. what I'm saying? That's my team. Watch your mouth. Hey, 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 
Uh, hey, this is not a smack at anyone in collegiate sports, especially like if, if you get a man, the talent level of those guys are, is incredible. That's not an easy sport rowing. I don't think that's nah, probably really easy. Uh, man, I, I just basketball is a really close one with that uh, that uh, that tournament. The, obviously, the March Madness is a huge revenue uh, gainer. So I have something to add to that really quickly. Yep. So in 2017, I went to the NCAA Finals, Villanova versus Michigan in uh, San Antonio, wow. Texas. And let me tell you, the Alamo Dome was mm. packed to capacity. And mind you, they also have seats put in around the court. You know, basketball, the March Madness itself and the NCAA tournament, because that's two different things. March Madness yes. is uh, the conference play, and the NCAA tournament is right after. That brings in so much money. I actually have a number on that. Just the year that you were talking about, that year alone brought in $125 million. 2017? Yes. Jesus Christ. That's an Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I've, mm -hmm. I've, I've, I don't mean to interrupt. Wasn't 2017, wasn't that the year that the Astros also, the cheating scandal happened? Whenever they won the World Series? Right. But continue. Mute my mic if that, if, uh, yeah, if we bring up the Astros again, you got to mute my mic because I'm about to. No, so man, I I say I say pay them and see what happens. Uh, it's probably not going to be as easy as people think when it comes to paying people because you got to think about sponsorship. You got to think of all like Adidas, Nike, Under Armour. There's so much that comes into Crest whitening strips. I'm sure for some people, look, it just doesn't end. It. People think it's, oh, you just pay them. It's not that easy. What I think needs to happen, man, I don't even want to get on this tangent, but I just think that I think college is a scam, ripping people off. It, if anything, uh, if anything, admission needs to be lower. I spent $75 in 2010 to send an application to Texas State, $75 for an application. And I got denied, obviously. But Oh, they definitely keep that money, too. Exactly, dude. But have you ever, dude, a campus uh, – a, a campus is gorgeous. It looks like it's in Europe somewhere. But and, and you're you're from Texas, and those campuses are huge. Like in in New York, shoot. it's not really like that. It, at least in yeah. New York City, it's not really like that. Uh, I'm sure yeah. if you go upstate, go see like Stony Brook and those colleges, those universities. They're probably gorgeous. But where I'm from in New York, it's not really like that. Maybe yeah. Wagner College is the only one that's kind of like that. Right. So that's my take, guys. That's my take. I I'm so 50-50, it's not even funny, but I say pay them just to see what happens for four years and then. Yeah, but then you, you got to think of it like this too. You pay them, right? And yeah. Then, hey, we're going to pay you guys for four years. Now what happens after the four years? They're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be satisfied. There's, there's going to be some sort of players, players union and they're going to negotiate getting paid more and it's just going to run it up more and more. 100%, Adam, 100%. Jack, what, what do you got on this? So literally all I wrote down from my notes and Adam or not Adam miles. Yes. Thank you so much for bringing all those stats and facts to the table here, because I was way too lazy to do that. <laughs> um, but all I wrote on my notes was absolutely. And the only counter argument I have with what you said with, you know, you have to pay every program affiliated mm -hmm. with the university is mm -hmm. that I think one point that you have to look at is, 
I've never seen college rowing on TV, or I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I've never watched it. I've never witnessed it. Yeah. Uh, let's just say, you know, college rifle teams. I mean, you'll barely, the only time you'll see college hockey is for the Big Ten. Right. I mean, that that's literally it. I mean, so I think it also depends on, and as it should be, is how much revenue is a program bringing to the university. Uh, you know, obviously with, you know, let's say Clemson and Alabama playing the national championship, they're going to get a shit ton of money mm-hmm. from that compared to a WVU game that's on Fox Sports 1. I mean, it's just – I think it just honestly depends, you know, how much they're bringing in. And if a rowing team's not doing that, I just can't see it happening unless somehow they are and they can split it out evenly. But that's like we're saying, we're getting too political here. Mm-hmm. Um, but my other point is we got to look at, I could not imagine putting myself through a division one, let alone a division two college, uh, schedule. Whenever it comes to you're waking up, you're maybe getting six, eight hours of sleep a night, waking mm-hmm. up, going to practice eating breakfast, going to class all day, and then you're having practice or some sort of film session afterwards, weightlifting, cardio, whatever. All this stuff is happening at a D1 football program, D2 football program, D1 basketball, D2 basketball program. And then you have, you know, these D1, D2 baseball programs. It's not going to be as high as intensity, you know, uh, compared to these other sports. But I think it's just also like a college roaming or a college tennis team it's not going to be – I'm just kind of looking at it in a fairness kind of way. You get out what – you get what you produce. And compared to these schedules that these college athletes are going through at a D1 football program, it's not comparable to a D1 tennis program. Not taking anything away from any of them. But I think it's just – they devote their lives to this game that brings in a lot of money for the universities and brings a lot of entertainment to these viewers' eyes. And then also, like, if Vince Young wants to go sell his jersey, wants to autograph a jersey and sell it to somebody, absolutely have at it because nobody's going to want to buy a jersey if my last name's on it. Nobody's going to want to do that because they don't know who the fuck I am. I I'd it. do it. I'd do it, Jack. Oh, thank God. Thank you, guys. <laughs> but, you know, they're proving their talent. They're proving how good at they are at this sport at the college level. Mm. Let them break in their money. What are they doing wrong? Nothing. 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 Yeah. I, I agree with you, Jack, completely. So here's my stance on it. The short answer is yes. My short answer is yes. But like Miles said, it's going to get way too political way too fast. You know, like, and, and just like uh, Jack said, how do you divvy it up? So the only thing that comes to mind with me is divvy it up off of revenue. What your, what your program brings in. But when you look at colleges and universities, it's usually basketball and football that, and it, no, not usually, it is basketball and football that bring in all the revenue. You know, no yeah. one's going to watch tennis. No, like you said, no one's going to go watch a swim meet, you know, but maybe they should do it like this. So in, in, the, in the, the spirit of fairness, if they do decide to go this route, basketball and football, if, if you're above, if you don't, if you bring enough revenue to the school that you're not negative, you know, if you don't, the only ones making positive revenue, you get a piece of that. And you get it gets divvied up by the amount that you make. You know, if you're not making positives, then the school has and they have a, a fuck ton of surplus of money. So it's ridiculous. Can, you know, make a set price for every other sport 
every other athlete, hey, you get this for, you know, playing. You know, it, I don't think it should be – I think it has to still be earned because at the end of the day, most of these kids are on scholarship. They are getting mm-hmm. free school. And some of these schools, 50000 a year, 100000 a year for free. And then, you know, I'm a Michigan fan. I follow Michigan. But think about the prestige that that school has. You get a four-year degree from Michigan, you're credible no matter what after sports. You get a four-year degree from Penn State, you're credible. You know, mm-hmm. not so much Ohio State because that's a scumbag school. <laughs> yeah. But every other school, like, you know, you, you're regardless of what school you go to, if you yeah. get a four-year degree for free, you're credible, you know. But I do think that athletes should be able to sell their uh, – para- not paraphernalia, merchandise – I do think it has their name on it. <laughs> I hope they don't. <laughs> what are you insinuating here, Adam? Uh, nothing, man. Nothing. Ohio State. <laughs> um, so I, I do think the athletes should be able to sell their jerseys. Uh, I know Terrell Pryor, he was uh, selling his autograph for tattoos back in the day. Who the fuck cares? Who cares, man? Who cares? These kids still got to get gotta eat. These are fucking some of them 300 plus pounds living on meal card at college. Man. They do get to eat a little better than the, the normal student, but these fucking kids got to eat. How do you expect them? How do, how do they buy underwear? The underwear <laughs> prices these days are outrageous, you know? Like, it's outrageous, man. How do they buy underwear? They, they can't make any money. They can't get side jobs. They can't take out loans other than to pay for school if they're not on a scholarship. It's fucking bullshit. Give them a little something. And I wrote down some numbers here. You guys brought up Alabama. I'm glad you did. Because uh, we're talking about how much the teams bring in. Alabama football in 2019 brought in 164 million. In 2018, 177 million. In 2017, 174 million. 100, and in 2016, 164 million. They're bringing in a fuck ton of money. And it's not like you have to pay these kids thousands of dollars every pay period. Just give them enough to where they can live, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying put them on like multi-million dollar James Harden type contracts. I mean, throw them a thousand bucks a game. Yeah, it's like why would if you were to give them these multi-million dollar contracts, why would Trevor Lawrence ever leave college? Exactly. You know. Exactly. I mean, you just stay there. You could be the greatest college quarterback of all time. I mean, there there'd be no point. But I completely agree with what you're saying. The uni- every single university in the country could afford to give every single student athlete in that university a thousand dollars a game and have a lot left over a, not just a lot yeah an enormous fuck ton left over and can we bring up in the uh ncaa football video game you said that, that i was, that was my next yes, right <laughs> bring back ncaa football games you know how that went away bring it back yeah that, that went away because of the, the some fucking third-string quarterback at BYU wanted money for his likeness. Like, dude, you're not touching the field. John's Mormons. You're not touching the field, bro. But, yes, they, that game needs to be brought back. And then think about how much more money the universities would make. Dude. You know? like put, You can put their name on the back of the jersey. Yeah. Let's not even get into it. Like, you can even fucking download the roster. And, and you, there's so many ways around it. Just make the game, EA. Stop sitting on your ass. Go ahead and fuck yourself. And the NCAA commission a room. Negotiate. I'll, I'll stand in. I'll be the mediator. Bring me in. But I do think the college athletes should be paid at least, at least a little bit because mm-hmm. these dudes and chicks 
they got to get their money. They got to make a living, you know? They, they, they can't yeah. just sit there in their room wearing the same two T-shirts. You know, they, they need clothes. They, they need food. You know, they need to be able to travel home. You think about the stress they put on their parents, like, hey, I need to yeah. come home for Christmas. Well, most of them are staying at the university to continue football or basketball, but they need to travel home. There's a, especially in, in these days, there's a lot of strain on families because they can't afford the, the prices of plane tickets, especially if you're flying across the country. You know, are, are some of these kids are from other, other nations. Yeah. That's my take on that one. Great take. Yeah, we all, all three of us are in agreement. I think we just essentially repeated three times yeah. what, in different ways. I think uh, most of the country, from what I saw on a poll, most of the country agrees with us. Um, just do it and see what happens. It, I think it's going to be more difficult than what people think, though. It, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's not just – Hey, you get money. Here's your money, and you don't. Yeah. You know, you know, like they have to make a set price. Yeah, put them, and and I, I think it should be somewhat performance based. Yeah. Somewhat perform like everyone gets maybe like a set five hundred dollars per game, right? Five hundred dollars, yeah, right? And say you catch three touchdowns that game, maybe you get a hundred dollars per touchdown. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool, man. Like an incentive. That'd be that'd be cool as hell. But now the, these kids, they can't say. Oh, I'm not getting paid, you know, because they don't like me. No, you're not getting paid because you're not doing good. Welcome to the real world. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't performing, you're out, buddy. Yeah, you that's can't right. Man. Not show up to work. Um, but then I heard somebody else talk about it. Like one of my friends, he mentioned that they should go off of like how they're recruited out of out of high school. You know, if you're a five star, you're entitled to this amount. In between this amount, if you're a four star, you're entitled to this amount. And then mm. make it like that. But then, you know, five stars don't always pan out. Four stars don't always pan out. Sometimes four yeah, stars are the best player on the field. That, that's kind of where I would disagree with that. Nothing against your friend, but it's just kind of like you see all these 24-7 ESPN uh, ratings and you have a three-star on ESPN and he's a four-star on 24-7. Comes out and absolutely blows everybody out of the water leaves college after two years and produces heavily in the NFL compared to a, like you were just saying, a five-star dual-threat quarterback goes to this program, transfers 20 times, yep. enters the portal, and does not pan out whatsoever. So, it, like like we're just saying, it's just a huge political thing that's going on right now. And as much as we love to talk about it, this possibly happening, I think the NCAA is just a very corrupt organization. Oh, yeah. That is yeah. a very selfish organization. They're almost as corrupt and, as Right. And no, I just can't and I just can't I can't see this happening. I could see it happening one day, but not in the near future. I agree, Jed. You know what's another thing that's really put a wrinkle in my sock? With what's that? Football? All the transfers. Oh. All the I no, I totally get a student athlete transferring for coaching change or a student athlete transferring because they got hurt and they lost their position. Mm. You know that I get that, but to transfer because you're losing, I don't like it. Right. I don't like it. That I, that's just I, I don't like it. And I, me, I, me, me as a fan. Sorry to interrupt you, Miles. Me as a no, fan. No. Um, I want to hear more about why these players are transferring. I don't want to just see the headline: "This player is transferring to this university or has entered the transfer portal." I feel like as a fan. I deserve to know not the exact full detailed reason why, but just he's transferring due to depth chart issues, something like that. 
just as little as that. I don't need the full blown drama. I just need something that way. Like what you're saying, Adam, with, you know, the reasons why they're transferring, because we don't know if maybe the coach has something out for him, if there's a scandal going on at the university or whatever, just give me a little something. Why? And as a fan caveats to that with these transfers. Now imagine if they were getting paid. Oh, that's a whole different ball game right there. Cause now how do you decipher, say you transfer from the big moneymaker, Alabama to Arkansas. Bowling green. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going from Alabama to Bowling Green, you fucked up. <laughs> That's the uh, paraphernalia that Adam was talking yeah, about paraphernalia. Stealing crab legs, yeah. How, how, do you, how do you decipher paying someone that's just going off of, air quote, Alabama's salary to Bowling Green or just a, a smaller school, Western Michigan? How do you pay someone? You know, like, it's just, it's, it opens up a, a whole nother door to get into it. That's why... This topic is, you could talk about this one for days. Mm-hmm. But I think it's safe to leave it right here. We all are in agreement. They should get a little bit. But um, I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. All right. Yep. So next question here. And this one's a good one. This one's open for massive debate. Can go okay. many different directions with this one. In every sport, who do you guys think is the biggest draft bus in history? If you had to oh, wow. one, Jack, you can spark this one off. Spark yeah, go, one, go ahead, Jack. So I have some honorable mentions here. Thank you for letting me go first. Oh, and no then problem, you're welcome. <laughs> and then at the end, I'll give you my number one. Now I just stuck with one sport. I did notice how there was no specific NFL, NBA, or whatever. I'm just going off of mine. So some notables are sorry if I end up using one of your guys's, but I have Jamarcus Russell, okay. Matt Liner. That's a safe pick. Safe pick. Yeah, Vince Young, and I'm my number one guy, and uh, I think a lot of people's number one guy, especially for the NFL, it's got to be Ryan Leaf. Um, oh yeah, okay, okay. Yet, yet again, uh, the p- paraphernalia that Adam brought up earlier in the show, he uh, Ryan Leaf had a lot of that back in the late 2000s, uh, but he's doing well now. He's in recovery. He's just doing an absolute great job. Um, yeah, but yeah, Ryan Leaf out of Washington State University. He was picked in the first round, number two pick. And the number one pick, as we all know, is Peyton Manning. That was a pretty good pick. That was pretty. That was, that was a pretty solid pick. Yeah. And his rookie year wasn't great by any means. I and I'm talking with Peyton. Well, I think. Yeah. Uh, huge risk there by Indianapolis. Huge risk. They could have either done a great job or completely fucked up by taking Ryan Leaf. But anyways, uh, like I said, you know, Ryan Leaf being taken right after Peyton Manning, that's already – imagine if he was taken before Peyton. Oh, my God. It's the end of the world. But luckily he was taken after Peyton. Yeah, after, he was taken after Manning. That's still some big – you're the first quarterback taken after Peyton. So that's already huge. Mm-hmm. My man's played for four teams in a five-year span. That's uh, – Outratioed there. Um, he had a 48.4 completion percentage. Say that again. 48.4 completion percentage. Like my man. The Eagles offensive line or something. <laughs> That's a big old yikes for me, man. <laughs> big old yikes. 
<laughs> Justin Herbert is uh, doing a lot better job than he did in his rookie year. I said it then. I'd say now Justin Herbert was the best quarterback in the draft last year. He's going down as the next big athlete in the NFL. That, hey, you know what? I can get behind that. I like it. He had 14. This isn't his rookie year, or maybe it was. I don't know. But his entire career, along with the stat lines with 48.4 completion percentage, he had 14 touchdowns to 36 interceptions. Career 3,666 passing yards. Everybody watch out for those last three digits. And not a good sign. Right. And a 50% passer rating. Now, like I said, we had honorable mentions with Jamarcus Russell, who lied about uh, all the film and tape he was watching while he was with Oakland. Um, it's going to get. And, Right, and he couldn't uh, lay off the Twinkies. Uh, Matt Liner, Matt, Matt Liner was just a playboy, uh, living up to the U- USC dream. Reggie Bush carried him in college. Right. Vince Young, and I know this is going to make uh, Aaron Wood be a little upset, you know, from University of Texas. Sorry, my man. He uh, <laughs> incredible college player. Yeah, not taking anything away from any of these guys in their college careers. Because guess what? They played in college. I didn't. Yeah. Well, it's because of that injury. It's because of that injury. The injury. My, my sternum, man. I mean, just yeah. awful. <laughs> oh. But, you know, just looking back at Ryan Leaf's stats. Now, unfortunately, I was not really – my brain wasn't as developed to where I could watch him play or Peyton Manning early on in his career. Mm. But just looking at those, that makes – I might lose sleep tonight thinking about those stats. That's dreadful. I might lose sleep. I might end up hitting the toilet a few times <laughs> by throwing up. It, it's just absolutely disgusting to see a stat line like that and then to see the number two overall pick in that draft class just completely vanish off the face of the earth. And the only time you made the headlines after that is possibly being – the biggest draft bust in NFL history or sports history and his past drug use. I mean, in his legal tr- issues, it's just really unfortunate. It makes me, it makes me feel sad because guy had everything and then he just lost it all. Hey, but at least he's known. At least he's known. He's, for he's more famous than I am. Yeah. I mean, bad fame unless fame. Yeah. Now this podcast, once this podcast really takes <laughs> off, he's yeah, out yeah. the window. Jack, hey man, watch out! <laughs> All right, uh, Miles, who you got? Who's your sports sub bust? All right, man. So honorable mention. This one was pretty easy for me as far as the honorable mention. Uh, Trent Richardson. Okay. Oh my gosh, man! Looking at his numbers, and I remember watching him and Alabama and how just explosive this guy was. He was unstoppable almost, and that was A&M had just gone to the uh, SEC, and good goodness, man, that was not that was not pretty right there. So his Columbine numbers, I don't know if you guys know this, man. He's he was standing at five nine, which is not huge. Uh, Two twenty eight, which is not, I mean, it's not small by any means. Uh, his forty yard dash was a four five. He ran a four five forty and a thirty seven inch vertical leap, man. Oh, so. I mean, for a five nine guy jumping for the two time man, uh, five nine guy jumping 
37 inches is no joke. Uh, so, man, what a debacle this was. You know, guys, he went – Cleveland even traded a pick with Minnesota to get him, man. So, I, Minnesota might get a little dub for that. Um, signed him for four years for $20 million. He didn't even fin- – he didn't even re- – he finished one season and played, what was it, four or two games, two games the next season with Indy, and they got rid of him. Uh, they waived him. What a how crazy, dude! That doesn't make any sense to me. And then you know, dude, like looking at the numbers. So in Cleveland, this is just in Cleveland. He had 298 attempts for 1,055 yards. His yards per carry was 3.5 <laughs> yards per carry. It that was that was in a full season in two games for Indy. Guys, he had 11 touchdowns, which isn't terrible. 11 touchdowns, that, that's, that's, you know, I looked twice at that. I yeah, I mean, he, he actually broke, I believe, man, I believe he broke the Jim Brown's record for rookie touchdowns uh, at nine. So I think he beat the record by Jim Brown. Yeah, but uh, take anything away from the touchdowns, but how many of those touchdowns were from, like, the two-yard line? That's, exact, that's exactly right. That's – I'm pretty sure it was over 50% of those. So – but guys, he also had three fumbles. Oh God! He had three what fumbles. The, what the hell is he doing on the roster? He had three Fuck fumbles. That guy. You know, if I were in the NFL, but I could, you know, I couldn't because of that injury. You know, I'd yeah. be All Pro, two way player. I'd be probably the best safety in the league. Yeah. And you know, top three or four quarterbacks in the league easily. That earlobe hyperextension, man, it it'll get you every time. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, guys! In total, so he played what? Uh, he played three seasons, right? Three, three or four seasons in the NFL. I don't really remember, but uh, before he went off, he had seven fumbles. Jeez. He had seven total fumbles, man. That's just atrocious. So that that's my honorable mention. So we'll we'll, we'll move on from him because I'm pretty sure that was pretty obvious. I wanted to go with one that I didn't think I thought. Someone was going to pick Trent or Ryan Leaf. That was my go. That was my uh, my other honorable mention was Ryan. So I'm not even going to hit on him. You just nailed everything. Uh, my biggest draft bust, and I'm sure you guys have heard of him. He hails from one of my good friends, uh, Brandon Gresham's favorite university, man, Florida State. You guys know who I'm going with. Yeah. Uh, Are you going famous, Jameis? No, 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 no. He's a kicker. Oh, Sergio Aguirre. No, no, no. Roberto Aguirre. Yes, sir. Roberto Aguirre, man. <laughs> Second round. Hey. hey, dude, you guys got to listen to this. You guys got to listen to this story, man. So he's coming from uh, Florida State, right? Leaves Florida State. Leaves Florida State the most accurate kicker in ACC history. In the history of the ACC, he is the most accurate kicker of all time. NCAA history? He's the third most accurate kicker in NCAA history. Third. And that's a lot of history, man. That's a lot of history, yeah. He was drafted in the second round. He was the second highest drafted uh, kicker in NFL history. Which, with those numbers, I can't really blame anybody. I mean, those are those are ridiculous numbers. Yeah. So, in 2000 – okay, his, his last year in 2016 uh, – Whenever he only played three years, he only played three years. 
He went 68, I'm sorry, 69 for 78. He only missed nine field goals his entire three years at Florida State. And these were bombs, man. This guy wasn't just kicking little 20-yard chip shots. These were these were nukes from the 50-yard line. Like these, sure these were the misses, not the misses weren't any chip shots. They were probably deep ones, you know. Let's try to squeeze in a field goal before half type deal. Exactly. You go watch the highlights of this guy's college career. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Hold on, hold on. Can, can uh, I'm I'm sorry uh, because it slipped my mind. Can you tell me what team was on crack on a draft night whenever they selected him in the second round? Sir, that would be uh that'd be Tampa Bay. What the fuck? I don't. So it it doesn't really make sense to draft a uh um a kicker in the second round. I for the life of me, I can't really understand it. It doesn't make sense um, to draft a kicker at all. Right. <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't. There's like thousands and, of them out there. There's thousands of them. I'm not saying that job's easy by any means. I'm just saying it's a dog eat dog world in in the kicker game. Man, what a what a tough job. You, a lot of pressure. One quarter uh, you're a hero, the next quarter you're a fucking villain getting eggs thrown at you. Um, you're a bum. Do yeah, do that in Philly. Actually, I'm gonna talk one about talk about one of your Philly guys here in a second. Okay, let me hear. In the same Senate, in the same instance. So, guys, in his in his first and only season in Tampa, listen to this. Listen to this. He went 22 for 31. A lethal. He missed the same amount of field goals in one season in the NFL, the same in three years at Florida State. He missed the same amount of field goals. He missed nine in just one season. And it's not, not even like you, you can say, like, oh, he's playing out of his element because he went down the street from he literally went down to Tampa. He went down the road. Same, same environment, I same. See the Tampa. Yeah. Come on, man. So after that season, obviously it didn't pan out. He did one season with the team that drafted him second round. He then got waived to he went to Chicago, went to Carolina, I think, and then uh he was released from the Carolina practice squad Yikes. the next year. Uh didn't even guys, and this isn't even the crazy part. Right, so LA picked him up. Right off, he was on the streets. I don't know what he was doing, but you, hands working on his on his. Yeah, uh, <laughs> LA picked him up. <clears throat> Excuse me, LA picked him up in the exhibit in the preseason. He went perfect, three for three. Didn't miss a single extra point. Nothing. Guess who he lost his? Uh, guess who he lost his uh, starting job to? Zerline. It's actually one of your guys from Philly. He went to Philly. Cody Parkey. You're on the right track, Caleb Sturgis. Okay, Sturgis. Oh, yeah, you got him from Miami. Yeah, so L.A. dropped him that year as well, Sturgis. The Eagles so dropped him because he forgot how to kick the ball as well. Exactly, man. That was a rough year for, for kickers. That's a rough span for kickers right there. So, man, I really – that's my, that's my uh, biggest draft bust is a kicker that was – what a fall from grace he had, man, from the, from being at the top of the top all the way down to not even really doing anything in the NFL. Well, listen, it, if, if I was a kicker picked in the second round, first of all, on draft night, yeah, and I know that I'm a kicker and I'm more than likely not going to get drafted even throughout the whole entire draft, and I hear my name called piss drunk <laughs> in the second round, the second night of the draft – like, I'm on a binge at this point, and I hear it. What the hell is going on? Yeah. I'm scared for my life because, 
not only is Tampa Bay going to catch a lot of heat if I don't work out, yeah. I may possibly be dead inside my house of Tampa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what on earth was this GM and coach thinking? Hey, believe it or not, I just, while I was looking this, while I was like, dude, this is my number one guy, easily. I just knew, I, coming from soccer, I knew about this guy because he, he was a really good kicker. Yeah. But I saw online that the GM was defending his decision. Uh, and I, I didn't even click on it because I didn't want that even entering my mind because it doesn't make any sense regardless. It doesn't make a good business decision or a team decision. Because, uh, you, know, you know, kickers, they're usually not drafted. And when they are, yeah. it's the best kickers in the nation. So he would, yeah. it would have been him, but yes. drafted sixth, seventh round, or one of the first to be taken off of waivers. Exactly. Exactly. And even if it's like a sixth or seventh round pick, you better have at least two or three picks with in between the sixth and seventh round. Yeah, exactly. This isn't your only lone star seventh round pick. Like, that's awful. That yeah. is absolutely awful. Shame on the Buccaneers. Big old bust. Three positions that are never drafted in, in football, kicker, punter, long snapper. Yeah, exactly, Adam. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you brought up the Buccaneers, and I'm glad, Jack, you made a comment. What oh, the hell are they thinking with this? Because <laughs> my biggest draft bust in history is Bo Jackson. Tom Brady. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Wait, wait, wow. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Stop biting your lip at me. Stop bowing up to me on the camera here. Let let me explain myself here. I know I ruffled a lot of feathers, but sit back, relax. Grab that whiskey I talked about. Just listen. I got it right here. I got it right here. Just listen. Now, I'm not talking about Bo Jackson, the player, because he was obviously really good. I'm talking about the pick itself, number one overall. 1986, Bo Jackson's coming out of Auburn. He told... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, do not draft me number one overall. Do not do it because I will he not play. Him, because I he will not play. Dude, I would have killed to play in those creamsicle jerseys, no matter how bad the team He's was. So he, he, is my, he is my biggest draft bust, not because of his stats or anything, but because he straight up told the Buccaneers not <laughs> to pick me number one overall. And they still <laughs> picked him number one overall. And because they picked him number one overall, he lost that year of college eligibility, so he couldn't go back to college. So what he did is he went and played baseball. And then the next year, he was drafted in the seventh round by Oakland. By who? Who, Jack? By Oakland? Yeah. What are you pointing at me? The Raiders. Come on, man. The Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> so the Raiders. Yes. He got drafted by Oakland the next year in the seventh round. The reason why he was such a late uh, pick was because he wanted – to make sure that whatever team picked him was okay with him playing both baseball and football. Now imagine being so fucking stupid as a GM and thinking you're smarter than the athlete telling you, if you pick me, I will not play. And you still pick him number one overall. Also with that, the dude went to like Oakland and put up numbers. Yeah. But could you imagine like being a GM or a coach, whoever's making this draft choice decision, you're being threatened by Bo Jackson at the time, probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest college running back. He tells you not to draft him and you don't draft him. How does that look out? How does that look at make you look as an organization, how big of a wuss you are? Like that makes you look pretty bad. 
Because imagine he's taken second and he goes off. Baseball is not even in his thoughts at this point. Yeah. And his career is totally different. Okay. I mean, so that's my only counter argument with you. But yes, I agree because nobody wanted to play for Tampa Bay back then. Absolutely nobody. But so for them to draft him and he just gives him the fun goal and he goes and plays baseball. Fun goal, man. Absolutely unreal. Unreal. I have an honorable mention as well. No, let's hear it. Let's hear it. His name is Achilles Smith, quarterback oh. from University of Oregon. Oh, man. He was drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. He was no slouch in college. You know, so he was the most popular guy at the campus parties. He uh, threw for 3,763 yards, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions in his final college season. That's a solid stat. Solid stat. Cincy passed up drafting Edron James, Chant Bailey, Chris McAllister, Torrey Holt, and Dante Culpepper to pick this guy who you guys have probably never heard about. <laughs> oh my God. I traded, saw him this morning. They traded yes. down instead of picking any of these guys. They traded down. And I would say, and this was in 1999, I would say Cincinnati's still dealing with this today, like still dealing with the repercussions of this today. They just suffered it today. Hey, go Cowboys, and, man. Go Cowboys. Play for that draft. And that, and that city, Cincinnati, totally deserves everything that's coming at them. I'm sorry, Clayton Bender, but that um, city deserves everything that's happened to them. But continue, Adam. It's the worst state in the, in the country, easily. I mean, yes. No argument. The worst state in the country. But, yeah, those are my picks for um, biggest draft bus. Anybody got anything oh. on that one? No, the man, that makes that that's crazy. They passed up Champ Daly because he, he's a, just an yeah, icon. You know, Chant, Chris McAllister, he was another, you know, borderline Hall of Fame cornerback. Yeah. You know, Torrey Holt, Dante Culpepper. They passed up on all those four. I wouldn't say Edron James was like a game changer, but I mean, he definitely it wasn't no slouch. He would have contributed more than the Keeley Smith. I, I didn't even know who that was. To be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't know who he was until this morning. So, yeah, that's pretty bad. You can go a lot of like with, with the draft bus. Like, you, you know, in recent memory, you got Markel Fultz. He didn't pan out yep. for Philly. And Philly drafted up to get him. You know, mm-hmm. Austin swindled swindled Philly. Uh, who's some, some other guys in recent memory? Ezekiel Elliott, you know. <laughs> he, uh, hey, this year has not been good, man. No, it hasn't what, been. What college did uh, Elliott play for? The, the- suck guys. Oh, my God. We've mentioned their names way too much in this uh, show. Really I'm overdosing on that. Let's take a, let's take a quick, quick look around the league. We are recording this on a Sunday night here in the U.K., Sunday afternoon, oh, yeah. there in the States for you, Jack. So some of the games are underway, but we got Philly playing the Saints today. The Broncos are beating the Panthers right now, 32-27, three minutes left in the fourth. The Cardinals squeaking by against the Giants, 23-17 in the fourth. The wow. Chiefs, the Chiefs came back. On the Dolphins, they're up thirty to seventeen. The Bears, wow. the Bears showed up today. They, they remember, they remember they had a football game. They're winning thirty six to seven against the Texans. JJ Watt's ready to absolutely just go a wall from Houston. Hey, where's he going? Not, it's either going to be Green Bay if he ta- wants to take a pay cut and win. He'll go to Pittsburgh. I could see Green Bay being the most I don't think he'll likely candidate. His brother. You don't think so? No. How cool would that be though? That would be that'd amazing. be awesome. That would be amazing. So th- this one's for for your buddy Aaron. 
the Titans scored a few tutties. They're winning 31-10 against the Jaguars. The Buccaneers, 26-14 against the Vikings. The Cowgirls showed up today, 30-7 against uh, them, that team in Cincy. The yeah. Rams, 24-3 against the Patriots, who fell off the face of the earth. Dude, is there any Patriots fans out there? They're in Tampa Bay right now. Ah. Hey, can They're you on, uh, Oregon, my bad, Adam. For the uh, the Patriots? Yeah. Uh, 24-3 Rams. Oh, my gosh. I didn't want to make sure I heard that correctly. That's not good. Yeah, that was played on Friday. And then uh, remaining oh, games. Right. You, you got the Colts and Raiders, Jets and Seahawks, Falcons, Chargers, Packers, Lions, Washington football team and 49ers. Steelers builds the big one. Woo! And then you got the Ravens, Browns. Also another big one, AFC North. That's oh, that's – is that game tomorrow night on Monday? Uh, the Ravens-Browns? is tomorrow night. The Ravens-Browns is Tuesday. Hey, can I can I bring something up real quick? Absolutely. I, I know we're on a schedule and things, but can I can I just say how much I like and enjoy uh, Ron Rivera as the coach? I love him for Washington football team, and I kind of like the name now. Uh, yeah, it kind of kind of rolls a little bit. Kind of rolls. Now it's like <laughs> the Washington yeah. football team, and and Judge, the coach for uh, New York. Yo, his press conference when he got the job was sick. Uh, and I really thought he, he brings a different dynamic down there or up there, I should say, in New York. Uh, I kind of like the vibes that they're that they're getting over there. I don't know. I like those two coaches a lot, man. Well, I mean, if the Giants were good, they would play in New York, but they don't. They play in New Jersey, so it's weird. you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Since we started season two of this podcast, we we're trashing on NFC East as we still should be. Yes. But but the the Washington football team held to the Redskins. And uh, besides last week, Watch your mouth, boy. oh, I'm so sorry. I, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. Uh, I forgot to be PC. And then um, the New York giants, like you just mentioned, they're barely, uh, they're barely losing by six to Arizona who has had a rough past couple of weeks well, Arizona, when I was to a tough earlier, schedule. Arizona was up 20 to three. Yeah. Right. Right. And then, I mean, this is going to be an exciting last few weeks for that division because yeah. it's not the Cowboys and the Eagles who are battling out right now, even though it's they're still tight. It's still tight with all four teams. It's just that more than likely it's going to boil down to Washington and New York. And Joe right. Judge has done a great job these last six games and even today. Uh, and then Ron Rivera, man, the nads that this guy has on him. So, I mean, riverboat bo- river Ron, I, I don't know how that riverboat's holding on to, or carrying all that weight. I really don't know how it's doing it. I got three things here. Go ahead. One, there hasn't been a repeat champion in the NFC East since 2004, that being the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, yep. Yeah. Number two, the Giants have a really good defense. Their defense has come along all year. They have a lot of solid pieces. Jabril Peppers, yeah. I think, being their best defender, Michigan product, go blue. He turned his career around. He yeah. sure did. one. Good for him. Good for him. Number three, number three, I think Ron Rivera is the best coach in the NFC East. I would agree with that. Uh, just seeing what, what he's done with that team. And mind you, these teams are not good by any means. <laughs> let's let's be real. They're not good by any no. means. Like the only, I could see maybe Washington making – if they win the division, if Washington goes to the playoffs, I can see they have probably the best chance out of all the NFC East teams to win a playoff game. And yeah. that, but that chance is still very slim, but – they have the best chance because look, they, what they did last week, they beat the Steelers. I did call that one. 
Congratulations. As said, as a, and, but like, you know, with Washington, thank God they have their one legged man in there at quarterback, Alex Smith, because he can actually, you know, read a defense and complete a pass. No, not comeback, not comeback player of the year. Not, no. No. Um, But, anyways, Washington, if they happen to win its division and get to the playoffs, this team is going to be a very tough out for all these other NFC teams. You could see a team like Washington go in into Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans and make it a tight one with this team with their with their edge guys and their Dude, front their four. Rush. Their, pass rush. their pass rush is insane. Chase Young, oh my god. The incredible dude. for their quarterback too. Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, it's, it's 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 leadership at the at the coaching level. The, the players are behind their coach and their quarterback right now. They, dude, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out there, and I know that they're a, a rival of mine, but I just call it like I see it. When I, I like what I see. Yeah, it, I agree. I agree. I agree. But if you look at what every all these story and headlines that were coming out from Washington this off season, this past yeah. off season, everything that was happening. Yeah. And you were to tell me, what week are we in? Week twelve? Something like that. Yeah, we're like in week 11, week 12. I, I lost count. I gave up COVID sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but if you were to tell me that the Redskins, sorry, the Washington whoa, football whoa. team, that the Washington football team <laughs> would be competing mm-hmm. for a playoff spot right now, as bad as that division is, but to be competing for this after Dwayne Haskins was a starter the first few amount of weeks and he was awful. Also, another, uh, Alumni from that school, the Ohio State, yeah, the school that shall not be named. Yeah, there you go. If you were to tell me that they would be competing for a playoff spot, I would have said you're fucking nuts. With Alex Smith at the hell at, at at quarterback, absolutely incredible story. They got a good good wide receiver too. Terry McLaurin's no slouch. He, he also went to that school that shall not be named, but he's no what slouch. they produce some talent, man. I know they, I don't like to say they, it either, but they produce talent at every position except for quarterback. The quarterback. Their quarterbacks get to the NFL and forget they know, they forget how to play football. They forget which arm they throw with. Yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin is probably the other than Michael Thomas, but Terry McLaurin is the first uh, wide receiver out of that school that's been good over the past few years. Michael yeah. Thomas, probably, I would say he was probably the best one. I mean, Michael Thomas is sick on those slant routes, man. Yeah, the the three yard fucking bandit. bum. The three yard bandit. Oh no, I'm gonna see him <laughs> yeah, later today. in about in about 20 minutes. I'm gonna see him. Torching the Eagles defense because did I mention that the Eagles are in shambles? Did I mention that Jason Peters needs to hang it up? <laughs> and he did. I, he did. I think you did back to back weeks on this podcast. I could be mistaken. Though. Yeah, he did. He did. Jason Peters actually did hang it up for the year. He um has a laugh if you want, but a broken toe. And nah, I don't like a broken toe. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight on that broken toe, man. Have you ever broken your toe? I mean, you're out. You're done. There's it doesn't you can feel do. good. I broke my toe before. It does not feel good. But it, it, it just sucks because Jason Peters was like – he's the bodyguard. He was a Philly mm-hmm. legend. And to see him go out like this sucks. I wish he just hung it up after last year. But the yeah. Eagles' whole offensive line is hurt other than Jason Kelsey. They're, they have second stringers that are hurt. You know, and, you know, we talk about our teams all the time. I don't think Carson, it all falls on Carson Wentz. And, you no. know, I'm not being a home on that because – the man had no protection. He, you could put a fucking piece of loose leaf, but you couldn't put a piece of loose leaf paper in between the cornerback and the wide receiver while they're running their routes. 
these guys can't get open. He can't, he can't he can't hold the ball for no more than two seconds before he's getting drilled. You know, I I, I feel bad for the guy. Just sit him down. Sit him down. Let Jalen Hurts play. Let's justify this second round pick on a quarterback for some reason. You know, I don't want Jalen Hurts to fail. I want to see him do good. But yeah, I, I kind of put this season as a wash because and same thing with Dallas. Um, yeah. their whole team's hurt too. Man, oh man. But, but the only the only thing the only caveat I have with Dallas is they're not hurt at their skill positions. They have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, two pretty solid tight ends, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. and Dalton. He's a good quarterback. He was a Pro Bowler. He's not bad. Yeah, he was a Pro Bowler. That what Dallas's problem is right now is coaching. It's not the players. It's the Man. opposite for Philly. Well, not even the opposite. It's the full opposite. Oh, I'm, tell- I'm telling you the the worst the worst hire I think in NFL history was. Or one of the worst hirings at a head coach position in NFL history was Mike McCarthy. I knew you were gonna. I mean, like I I mentioned way on way earlier in the year, whenever this was announced, I mentioned you, Miles. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is a huge fucking mistake already for a team that loves making mistakes. Yeah, they never like they never let you down. And I and I don't wish this on Cowboys fans at all. As much as I hate Dallas, I don't wish this on them because I I I think it should be fair for every team. But my Jesus, what in the hell was Jerry Jerry Jones gets sweet talked so much? I could I could influence this man <laughs> anything about me, and he would give me a job. I don't. I'm surprised I haven't done it yet. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start making some calls. He needs to fund this uh, podcast. I would never hey, let Jerry, Jerry. Jones fund this podcast. Donation. <laughs> donation. Never let Jerry Jones. <laughs> I, I do give it Jerry Jones. He is an amazing owner. Yes. He brands Business the hell out of the Cowboys. He brands the hell out of them. You know, they're top three most popular teams in the world. He is a horrible GM. Horrible. But GM. Jack Jackie Moon can do the same exact thing. So. so like, why do you pay your running back, who is the most used and abused position in the NFL? You know, they, they have the shortest shelf life in the NFL, but you don't pay your quarterback. Who was putting up numbers? He was putting yeah. up numbers. Do I think he's $40 million? No, definitely no, not $40 million. Disagree but with that. You disagree with that? No, I don't think anyone would dig, disagree with that. Oh, yeah. I don't think he's $40 million, but, you know, he's, he needs he's, to get paid. he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. You know, he's oh, top yeah. 10 salary worth. Do I think Dak Prescott benefits a lot by having solid players around him? Absolutely. But you're oh, given yeah. what you're given, you know? Uh, I still do firmly believe that Carson Wentz does more with less, and he showed it last year with the players that he had and beating Dallas to essentially win the division. Mm-hmm. But Dak Prescott's a good quarterback, and I would, I'm not going to say I would want him on Philly, but any team would benefit from his services. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Mean, if, if this was Big Ben's last year, which I don't – I think he's maybe got one or two more – at least two more years left in him after this year. I mean, if this was his last year I'm, and I have the money or Pittsburgh has the money, I'm trying to make a push for Dak. I mean – Might as well. That's not a bad have, decision at all. No. So. Because y'all got some really good talent over there, man, in, in Pittsburgh. That Claypool fella? Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, and it's unfortunate because he played in college on a team that just couldn't find a home until this year, and yeah. it took a whole fucking global pandemic to make it happen. Where did he go to college? And they're actually Notre Dame. He went to Notre Dame. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, the most overhyped yeah, school in football. That's my second favorite college team. 
They're so overhyped. They're so overhyped. They're ten and zero this year. Yeah, they credit due. They did beat Clemson. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing. We'll find out next week if they were for real because Trevor Lawrence is playing. They're playing the ACC championship. When I talk about tailoring a schedule, that's Notre Dame. They tailor the hell out of their schedule. Hey, let me say, as a Notre as a, Dame and Alabama both yeah. do. As a Notre Dame fan, I think they need to pick a conference. It makes me so upset when they're independent. Man, that's to me, that's not really fair. They're they need to pick a conference. They need to pick a conference. They're independent but playing like semi ACC schedule. Just pick a conference. Just, just, just pick one and go with it. Go to the Big, Big Ten. Ten. It doesn't matter. They need to. Go, they're in that region. They need to go to the Big, the Big Ten. That's what I've been exactly. ACC doesn't really make much sense, but it's good talent pool there. But, but, the but Big Ten is too. Big Ten has a lot of talent going ACC, through there. Like what, what you see in the ACC is there's always one team that's good for ten years, and then yeah. they fall off, and then another team will Florida take State. over. Florida exactly. State's a prime example. Exactly, Florida State. And you know, and now it's Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's Clemson. The Big Ten, they usually, other than this year, they always have solid four, five, six teams. Yep. And they need to kind of realign that that uh, division too, that um, Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, all in one division, whereas Northwestern just pretty much gets a fucking cupcake walk to the Big Ten championship. Like, what the hell? Keep, yeah, Ohio, State, keep Ohio State and Michigan in the same conference. Keep yeah. Because I want them there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for that Boston. annual ass whooping. But they need to they need to maybe send Penn State over to to the other side, the West. And and they've had a rough year, huh? Yeah. Golly, the Big Ten had a rough year in general this year. Wow. I can't year. wait for the next realignment of college football to happen, which I think is going to be 2022. I think. And whenever that happens, West Virginia can hopefully try to get out of the Big 12 to where they could go and retry to get into the Big Ten, which last time they tried to they weren't going to take them due to academics mm-hmm. and then uh the acc they need to really try to push and get in there just so this i mean they're going to be dog shit either way until um, it's I, I just i'm just tired of them playing these teams that don't play any defense and i'm tired of them like this year they were ranked number one defense as a big 12 school in the nation for a couple weeks and they're just so bad yeah. offensively. Like I'm, I'm just that was my little rant because we're talking about college football and West Virginia just really makes me sick. Other than the basketball team that beat the Richmond Spiders today, everybody hey, they that's beat a- the that's the 19th ranked Richmond Spiders absolutely blew them out of the water, 20 plus points at home in Morgantown, West Virginia, with 300 plus fans in the Coliseum. That's a big West Virginia, 11th ranked in the nation, lost to Gonzaga by like five points a couple weeks ago, the number one team in the nation. Boys, I'm telling you, this team, everybody watch out for March. This team hey. can stay healthy. They're bigs. They're coming, in, they're coming into March Madness and the tournament as a, a solid nine seed. Watch makes- it. What the f- I hope you weren't – were you talking about Michigan? No, they actually just beat Purdue. Oh. They actually just beat Purdue, you know, a real team. Anyway, um, oh. <laughs> I, I miss when West Virginia. I didn't know Big Ten had uh, real teams. I, miss I wish I wish. Yeah, I miss the miss those days, especially for basketball. Yeah, the, the miss biggies, those days. Like Georgetown, Villanova, Syracuse, uh, West Virginia, Pitt, Louisville. Yeah, Louisville was in there. Yep, they had some solid teams. That was that was when the big the Big East was 
Oh, UConn? UConn? UConn was in there, too. Yeah. That was when the uh, Big East was at its peak there, in my opinion, at least in my lifetime, you know. But uh, right. with that there, we're at our time. Miles, thank you for joining us. Love to have hey. you back on here again. See Man, thank you all for having me. I always learn something new when I on this podcast, and it's really neat to be a part of it. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Adam and Jack. Jack, do you have anything else to say to everybody? Well, you know, Adam, of course, thank you for giving this idea for Miles to join the pod because, Miles, not only did we teach you some things, you taught us a lot of things, especially with the notes and the stats that you brought to the table today. You definitely ate a couple bowls of Wheaties. And everybody, a round of applause for Miles Lawler. So thank you to both of you. Thank you to myself. And everybody, have a great week. And you're listening to another episode of Time Out with Adam and Jack. Thank you. Talk to you guys next week.